you are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start this one stating that the intended audience is everybody. And today we'll be speaking with our special guest, uh, Dr. Kendall Ward, on what her role is and what she represents in the pharmacy informatics and technology world. So today's interview is going to be a little different than what we normally do, in which typically what you guys have been hearing is that I've been interviewing other informatics pharmacists, but today we're going to be interviewing someone that represents a master's program in health informatics. And we'll be talking about, we'll be gauging this in a way where as if I'm a potential student asking questions. So yeah, so, but you know, before we begin, Dr. Ward, thank you so much for taking some time to be on the podcast. How are you doing today? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. It's a wonderful, beautiful day in Florida. Awesome. Awesome. So I guess just before we get into the program itself, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Sure. I am an associate professor and the program director of the Master's of Science in Healthcare Informatics at the University of Central Florida, located in Orlando, Florida. I have my PhD is in public affairs with a specialization in health management research. And I've got involved in informatics uh, back in 2009 when kind of the whole craze kicked off. And I worked with the uh, Regional Extension Center for three years and also began the informatics program in that same year in 2009. Awesome. Awesome. So I know you just touched briefly on that program. Can you tell us a little bit more mm-hmm. about like what the what the program is and I guess what the institution offers in that setting? Like if it's just a, a master's program, is there also a certificate option, which I, I don't think there is, but just just so that we have our bases covered. Right. Sure. Yes, we have a 20 month online master's of science in healthcare informatics where students take classes and if you start in the fall you take five semesters so fall spring summer fall spring all online completely virtual and completely asynchronous meaning that it's all very much done on the student's time and accommodates the working professional in every way probably 80% of our students work full time while going to school students take two classes a semester and then can graduate in under two years. There's no GRE required. You just need an undergraduate degree, a resume, a statement of a purpose, why you want to do the degree. And then it's, you know, very tailored to the working audience. And students take classes on some really important parts of informatics, like project management, which we take very seriously, as well as some of the more technical classes like data database, data architecture, modeling, systems analysis and design, and those kinds of things. One of the cool things that kind of sets our program apart from others is that we are able to support students earning industry credentials while they're in the program. So students can take the credentials through HIMSS, which is the Health Information Management System Society. They take either the CA HIMSS or the CP HIMSS as a part of the program, and we're able to pay for all of that for the students. And we're also able to pay for students to take project management credentials as well as attend and attend ANIA. So we have a lot of resources to help students get jobs when they graduate. It's really the name of the game. 
Wow, I, I'm glad that you mentioned about the uh, the coverage for the CPHIMS because you know I I didn't actually go through this program, so I had to pay out of pocket for my uh-huh. CPHIMS exam, and that that was not cheap. Yeah. So, so <laughs> it and is then, not cheap. It is not cheap. Yeah, and then also the conferences too. The conferences are like huge, and I, I really want to go to one. I've I had some colleagues that have gone to some of the conferences, and they've they've always said that it's like one of the largest conferences out there, and they've learned so much from going to those conferences. So I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. And you mentioned that that's kind of like gearing your students towards that. It's amazing. It really is. And it's been such a great experience. We took, I think, 30 students to Las Vegas last year to attend the conference. And it was just such a great experience for everyone. So you mentioned this briefly already. Uh, you mentioned that there are many mm-hmm. students there. And I, I'm kind of curious, like as you're in your history as being a program director, what's the most interesting background that a student has that you've seen go through the program? You know, we... That's such a great question because, uh, you know, I think interesting is probably in the eye of the beholder, but we've had some really cool people come through the program. The kind of the person that always comes to mind is our outstanding student from a couple of years ago who was a sheep herder. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, he, he, that was one of the things he did kind of between undergraduate and grad school and, you know, and then ha- has since gone and lived in Alaska and working for um, an informatics company, which is just, you know, just kind of fascinating people that go and do very, very different things, things that I would never do, like could be a, a sheep herder. But we've got, you know, people that we physicians that have gone through the program. Our outstanding student from last year actually was kind of had a a great story. He came to us from Disney where he had been an analyst for Disney. He had no healthcare experience. So he'd come to us from Disney where his job was to use algorithms to determine ticket prices. And so we say he, you know, came to the other side to use his powers for good. Um, (laughs) Because those of us in Florida are very sensitive to the price of, of Disney tickets. And so we've, you know, just people that come from such a variety of backgrounds, both clinical and non-clinical. And it's really fascinating because we do have people from all over the world. You know, it's not just people in the East Coast. It's not just people in the United States. And there's just a lot of real characters that have come through. That's really cool. That's really good to hear. And I, I understand about the Disney prices because I'm in California. So right next to Anaheim. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You feel our pain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so our podcast, this is called Pharmacy IT and Me. So a lot of the audience that listens to this podcast are either pharmacy students or pharmacists. And I guess mm-hmm. from your perspective in as being a program director and having seen all these students go through, how many uh, people, I guess not in that exact number, but how much of a percentage of the people that go through have been from a pharmacy background that you've seen? We have probably, I would probably peg that number somewhere around 20%. It's not a huge number and it's cyclical, which is interesting. And those that have come through oftentimes have been the, we've had more with a pharmacy tech background and we're seeing an increase in the number of pharmacists. For example, right now, just just right now, we have three pharmacists that are in the program. So I think that that is attributable to an increase in the demand in the workplace for people with the skills that are provided in healthcare informatics programs. So kind of in the beginning, I had I had a couple, and then it kind of dipped, and now we've seen a, definitely an, an increase in pharmacists pursuing the the field. 
Awesome, awesome. So I guess from your perspective, like uh, a pharmacist, they have the clinical background, but uh, how do you believe that a master's in healthcare informatics, how do you believe that this program can help expand their knowledge? Right. Well, it, it is a different knowledge base and it's a different skill set, skill set that you get out of an informatics program. Our classes are all about using data and how data can be used to improve healthcare in general. But in particular, pharmacists are able to apply that to their own field and their area by using data to understand the prescribing habits, to understand how we can improve the healthcare system. One of major examples is pharmacy informatics is really on the, the, a very important piece in the opioid epidemic because this is the way that we're able to track usage and track prescriptions for individuals that may be abusing opioids that may be getting too many, maybe being prescribed too many and, you know, using different pharmacies. Well, all of that is being connected through health information technology and health information exchange. And that is really on the front lines of trying to help prevent some of the abuse of the opioids and to try to keep people from becoming addicted to opioids as well. So there's really been a major peak in the need for people who understand the medications, but also have the analytic skills to go in, pull data from a system, analyze it, understand it, and be able to make recommendations about how things can be improved based on that data. So until you've gone through an informatics program, a pharmacist wouldn't have the data analytics skills to be able to pull out that data and do what needs to be done with it to to make sense of, of it. Okay, awesome. So I'm glad you brought a real life example into it. And I was also wondering, like, I, I'm sure like the listeners will probably ask this too, is that for someone that obtains this degree, what else can they do with it? As far as besides along the lines of pharmacy, if you didn't want to go and work in a traditional pharmacy, there are just so many options. And we have had students be um, kind of go in many different directions. Very few goat herders. I think he's the one. And he is now gainfully employed in the field, which is great. But we've got most people come out and have a title of an analyst in some way, shape or form, whether that be a business analyst working for a managed care company, if that is a data analyst working for a hospital, if there are people that are doing clinical quality outcomes reporting for um, accountable care organizations. We have a lot of people, especially clinicians, actually, this is a really great kind of niche area for clinicians, people that have a clinical background, to be consultants or to work with the vendors to go around and help with the implementations and the upgrades of systems. Because, for example, if you are a pharmacist and, a, say, a large company is going in and doing an implementation in a hospital, they're going to need a pharmacist to go talk to the pharmacist in that hospital about the system and how it's going to impact their workflow and how it's going to change what they do. And that's a much easier conversation to have when it's a peer on peer as opposed to 
someone without a clinical background going in and trying to tell a pharmacist that they have to change their workflow. Well, that person doesn't know that workflow as well. And it is a much easier conversation when they are both on the same, have the same experiences. So that is a really popular avenue for clinicians that graduate because our physicians are kind of go the CMIO route often, the chief medical informatics officer. And I really don't think it will be too long before we start seeing some informatics pharmacy officers, perhaps in the C-suite, because they there needs to be that integration with the informatics side. It's all becoming so closely aligned. But there's really just so many different opportunities, either working in an organization, doing consulting, working for accountable care organizations. It's really so many, so many different options. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, just hearing you talk about it, I hear that you have a lot of passion for this. So I guess on a personal note, I I was wondering what made you decide to become program director for this sort of degree? Well, yeah, that's that's a great question because I do. I have so much passion for this. And when I talk to my students or when I go to different conferences and speak, I try to, you know, get people as excited as I am because I have seen how far we have come. This program, I opened the informatics program in the fall of 2009. And if you know anything about kind of the political, the policy landscape of informatics, 2009 was the year. You know, that's when the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act came out. That's when the High Tech Act came out, Meaningful Use, all of these different words that, you know, people may or may not know anymore. But I, so I immediately became affiliated and became the workforce director for the UCF Regional Extension Center, which was a part of one of the grants from the High Tech Act. So I was in Washington, D.C. at these initial meetings when meaningful use was just something that people were trying to figure out and have gone this entire way 10 years later and have seen just the crazy changes and the improvements that have been made along the way is really fascinating. And it makes you realize that even though I'm not the kind of doctor that likes to, you know, touch people, um, but I can make a difference in healthcare. And that is a really gratifying place to be uh, just because it, it, sometimes you can feel very far removed, but, you know, every data point is a patient and it really makes you feel it's a very fulfilling role. And I was very fortunate uh, to be asked to open this program in 2009 because I had a passion and I also have been in academic administration for a while. And so I was given the program and told to kind of just run with it. And I've been able to do it and I've been able to be successful. And it's been really personally very fulfilling. Wow. So just going off a bit about what you said about the evolution of the the field, how many (laughs) people are graduating from your program per year now, like maybe this past year compared to years before? This year, we're trying to keep things fairly steady. And I try to graduate between 45 and 50 students a year. That's kind of my sweet spot. (laughs) So we usually 45 to 50 students. Students a year will graduate from the program. Okay, so so if uh, any of the you know listeners, any of the students or any of the other pharmacists, if they want to find out more about this program that they may potentially apply for, to, should they reach you, or is there a way to reach admissions? Like, how does that work? They can absolutely send me an email, and I will put them in touch with the right people. I'm not always the right person to answer some of the 
technical questions about the application procedures, but I do know all of the right people. It's um, Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L dot C as in cat dot ward, W-A-R-D at U-C-F dot E-D-U. Awesome. Thank you. I'll be putting that in the show notes uh, in case anyone wanted to reach out. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, you know, I just want to tell all of your listeners, and I think I probably touched on it, but this is such an exciting place to be, and you can make such an impact in people's lives doing this kind of work. And do a little research on Google, the opioids, and health information technology, and you can see how these things that are can seem very foreign really do make a difference in people's lives. And I think that whether they, you know, decide to go to UCF, whether they decide to go somewhere else or take a, you know, less formal route in education, there's there's so much good that can be done by focusing on on this piece. Thank you for sharing that. And also to be respectful of your time, I'd like to say thank you again just for taking some time to to be on the on the podcast today. Absolutely. You're very welcome. And I uh, look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you. All right. If you like this episode, you guys can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also follow us on social media, on Twitter or Facebook at PharmacyITME, or our Instagram at Pharmacy Informatics, or by sending me an email at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal. 